Presented by CDE Lightband. Each week we take you around Austin P, the Athletics Department, occasionally the OVC, thanks to our good friends at CDE. Thank you to our friends at CDE. I am Colby Wilson. He is Casey Krieger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin P podcast, celebrating number 100 in style. We've got a hotel room. We've got some bubbly. Unlike most of our league brethren, we've got a weekend free from football obligations in which to celebrate this hallowed event it's going to get a little wild. We might even get Johnny Mitchell to sip a little caffeine. It's going to get crazy. We're going to let Johnny touch the coffee. But maybe. Maybe. May- I don't know if we're ready for that. A half and half. I don't know if we're going to go It's going to have to be a little. It's going to have to be half. It might just have to be straight decaf. There's still caffeine in it. Might, might have to be just straight decaf. Casey, how are you now? Good. And you? Not so bad. Right into it. Terry Taylor. I feel like that's been a very constant theme of most of these 100 episodes. Terry Taylor just being pretty daggum good at basketball. Would you say that he's legendary? I would say that he is legendary. <laughs> How legendary? <laughs> Extreme. <laughs> le- le- legendary to the point where I realized that that had been sitting there for two years late last night and texted it to Casey, followed by a string of swear words that we'd just been missing this opportunity for the better part of two we've, years. We've had the best basketball player in program history for four years. Now his name is Terry, and we couldn't think of legendary, and I'm pretty upset with both of us. Yeah, that's a real failing on... on the, there's a lot of failings going down there, but that's a real failing on our part. Uh, we bring up Terry... Almost every podcast, anyway, just because he's like usually a, done something. It's a, it's a segment we have. Yeah, it's you know the, the greatness of Terry Taylor this week brought to you. We ought to, we should have gotten that sponsored as well. Too late now, all kinds of opportunities lost here at the last minute. But Terry Taylor, named League Player of the Year once again. How many? How many in a row? That would be two in a row. One two. One two. Uh, you know how many players in league history have done that? How many? Fifteen. You know how many players in program history have done that? Nobody. Counting Terry Taylor. Two. You know, you know who didn't do that? Um. Well, yeah, but I don't. John Morant never won back-to-back OVC Player of the Year. This is very true. Just throwing that out there. That's all I got to say. Mean, That's I all mean, I've got on that topic. This is accurate. You know, I mean, who's the other Austin P guy to do it? Because John Morant never did it. Uh, Otis Howard did it back in the seventies. Oh, Otis Howard, better than John Morant as well. Okay, well that's what we're doing then. <laughs> all right, <laughs> business is picked up, I guess. <laughs> I wasn't lying about the bubbling. Apparently, it's in Casey a lot harder than it's hitting everybody else here. But Terry Taylor, just the latest in a long list of achievements and accomplishments for one of the greats to ever put on an Austin P uniform in any sport, specifically basketball. Uh, I'm putting him top five Austin P athletes of all time, and I've only been here for six years. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty close to accurate. I don't know. 
Ooh, ooh. That's it. Next week on the PCAST. Mount Rushmore of Austin yes. P. Athletes. Yes, we ooh. will next week. We'll have a coaches one, too, I think we should do. I think that would be fun. All right. That's our ne- Tune in next week for the Mount Rushmore of Austin P. Coaches and Athletes. As we continue moving forward this week, got to talk about Brian Sneed. Woo-hoo-hoo, buddy. Listen. Have a quarter, Brian Sneed. Have a the quarter. Have a six minutes. Yeah, have have a have a have first, a half a quarter. Yeah, have a first half of the first quarter. If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, Brian Sneed, first touch, seventy five yards house call. If you don't know what we're talking about, yeah, here get four out from days, under your rock. Yeah. Well, no, if you don't know what we're talking about four days after the fact, uh, I don't know how you got to this podcast. Well, yeah, clearly not for you. What was it? T- seventy five yard house call, sixty eight yard house call, forty five yard touchdown, three carries, hundred eighty six yards, three touchdowns. Brian Sneed had the National Player of the Week award locked up on three carries. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, go ahead and start writing that one up and uh, get that I'm graphic getting, ready. I'm getting emails from Craig Haley before the end of the first quarter, like, "Hey, can we get some Bryant's Need photos?" Like, okay, that's, you sure can. That's, you sure can, yeah, Craig, no, Haley. Craig. Craig, if you're listening, you're welcome. Yeah, you sure can, Craig Haley, and you're welcome for that. Uh, Sneed finished with what is it? Two twenty three, two twenty four, which is the most rushing yards by an Austin P. Runner since Cordell. Or no, excuse me. Kintel Williams against Moorhead two years ago. Three touchdowns, the most since Kintel or yeah, the most since Kintel had three touchdowns against somebody last year. And then he did all that research. He was, was the first governor to score three touchdowns in a game since Benico Harley uh in the playoffs. In the playoffs just did whatever he wanted against Sacramento State, running, onside kicks, throwing, catching. You, you know, regular Benico Harley stuff. Harley style's the highlights. Hopefully, we now have a, a recurring segment called Regular Brian Sneed Stuff I would very that much involves him just you know manhandling what got, people. We haven't even mentioned, but we beat Tennessee State, what was it, 27-20? to 20? Yeah, I mean, it was... And here's the thing that gets swept under the rug in that game. Uh, death taxes and 100 yards receiving for D'Angelo Wilson. Death taxes, 100 yards receiving for D'Angelo Wilson. 11th time in his career, second straight game. When you put that guy in OVC play, there's not a soul on the field that can guard him. We also probably need to keep talking about the... The defense uh, just wrecking people behind the line. Jack McDonald was your OVC defensive player of the week. Stop skipping ahead. Oh, We're I'm sorry. Getting there. Not with you. I'm just going to talk about it with him. By the way, Jack McDonald's the podcast guest this week. Everybody surprised? You ruined it. Sorry. Uh, what do you have? Ten tackles, three and a half for loss, one and a half sack, career highs. Uh, broke up the pass on the last play of the game down near the Tennessee State goal line. Just Another play that's kind of getting forgotten about Cordell Jackson's 11th career interception. Uh, talk about finding the football on the defensive side. I would he he's reached like you know how people would just quit throwing at Darrell Revis for like the three year stretch? Yeah. That no that like the ball doesn't get thrown in Cordell's area no matter what. Like thirteens on the left side of the field were not throwing that way. That would be that would be how I constructed an offense. But you know Would you that, say it's Cordell Jackson Island? That that's why we're idiots with a microphone and a podcast and they're offensive coordinators. That can't get to keep the ball away from Cordell Jackson. No one's perfect. So, in more and better, well, not better necessarily, but equally great, fantastic news. We talked about Brian Snead. We talked about Terry Taylor. I don't want Kelsey Gross to get swept under the rug here because that, among softball performances, possibly the finest single-game performance I can recall. For you, If you don't know what we're talking about, that was DePaul, correct? Yes. That she twirled the one-hit shutout with 13 Ks and a home run. A three-run home a run, three excuse run, you. A three-run jackety-jack. Uh, on her birthday. Oh, well, okay, the plot thickens. <laughs> yeah, quite a day for Miss Gross. The governor's uh, good 
quality. Stumbled a little bit out of the gate last week at the tournament. Lost their first two. But, boy, when I tell you they bounced back against DePaul and Kelsey Gross just put the team up and said, I got I got you guys. Got to love what we're seeing out of her this year. Uh, I mean, what's that put the Govs at? Four and two? You'll take six that. Six and two now. You'll I take think, that. Take that all day. Take it all day. Take it all week. Nobody can get Les- Lexi Azowski out still. I mean, that's, you know, speaking what's of she, death she in Texas. Like 500 this season? Uh, she was at 525 when we did this a couple weeks ago. I got no reason her to think Bailey it's Shorter just wake up and get hits. I mean, you're, you're talking about a couple of people right there at the top of your lineup who fall out of bed going two for four every day. I think what I like the most out of this team I've seen is that they've got a couple different pitchers that can get it done. Jordan Beneful did it week one. Kelsey Gross this week. Harley Mullins can get it done if we need her to. It's Cassie Stanfield's got options. Having options in your arms, I mean, when, with that lineup? Woo, yeah, yeah. Hey. Well, you, you, can, you can hit a little bit. Good luck there, OVC. But it's not all roses. Earlier tonight, we're recording on Wednesday night, Austin Peay State University women's basketball team, one and done at the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. That one still hurts. I think I'm going to start because I, just, I don't think you're necessarily emotionally prepared to discuss this yet. I don't think it could have been a whole lot more difficult out of the gate for the Govs just because it seemed like there's a lid on the rim and no shots would fall. The good news was that Belmont wasn't exactly setting the world on fire early either. But we looked at one point and we had missed like we were two. our last eight shots, but Belmont was also like one for their last nine. So well into the first quarter, it was like six to two, which that doesn't speak great of either offense. We held Belmont to their lowest three point total since a November game in 2018 against Middle Tennessee. Belmont, one of the nation's best three point shooting teams for what the considerable past couple years. I mean, that's kind of the that's hallmark of kind of the teams. hallmark of Belmont women's basketball. Made one three-pointer tonight. Decent. You'll take that. If, me, if you can hold Belmont to one three-pointer, you like your chances. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that. Is if Belmont's doing that. I think I mentioned, too, like the lower scoring, the grittier the game, the uglier it gets. Muck it up, and it's good it's for the It's going to favor Austin P. And it did, but just couldn't close it out late. And Yeah, okay, go ahead. That was a travel. 20 seconds left in the game. The Govs trapped Belmont's um, it was, uh, Madison Bar- Bartley Madison Bartley, on the sideline right in front of the Belmont bench. She took a hop, skip, and a jump. Then the Belmont coach called timeout, and they were she given she whistled the, a forearm yeah, in somebody's then she, head. Then she may have, may have tried to throw a little forearm that also wasn't called. I'm more concerned. The forearm, she may have swung and missed on that, but she did not keep her right foot planted. She walked at least twice. There was no travel called. Belmont was given a timeout from their coach right behind the play. Questionable. All I have to say. Don't love it. Don't love when you feel like perhaps a, a call. You it was a two-point game. It would have given the Govs ball, the ball back with 20 seconds left and a chance to tie the contest. And, I mean, it's hard to say things like, well, that call cost us a game when, I mean, that call was not good, obviously. We could have gone down and missed a shot, but we never got the chance. Well, that also starting the game like two for 16 or whatever it was was not a great right. way to start. You could have put them away. I think long we need to mention that. the 17 to 2 run that the guys put together after the. Ooh, cold, we'll call it a cold start. And it was 22 to 10 Belmont with five minutes left in the second quarter. And the Govs, and the Govs closed the quarter 17 to 2. We led 27 to 24 at the half. And you felt really good about it right then. And Belmont obviously isn't going to go away. They've got the OVC freshman of the year. She made more free throws than the Govs attempted. Another, another, point. another comment there. 
and you just can't. You almost have to play a perfect game to beat a team that doesn't beat itself like Belmont. And the guys were that close. I mean, you look at the stats. I mean, we talked about it uh, after the game. It's like the the margin was that we slim. We out-rebounded them. We had – they might have won. The, the it was, it was, was within close. Two. It was within a couple. And then we had more assists. We made more – we made six more three-pointers, but it wasn't enough to make up for the free-throw discrepancy. Yep, it's kind of hard sometimes when you get a I lot of – Belmont was 17 for 23 from the free-throw line, and the guys they, were they five for seven. way more and made way more. Speaking of highs and lows, that's not the best segue. Come back to me. I can do better. I believe I had something for this. I think I had something for this, but we'll we'll soldier forward. Uh, golf, both golfs in action this week for the men. Alex Vay going sixty six down in Lake Worth. Alex, I don't think is any secret has battled his game for a couple of years. He's he's got sixty six in the back. He Boy, can when he do puts it. it together. And when he's got around like that. Katie bar the door. The Gus have a chance to be really, really good when he's clicking. When, when a PGA t- player goes 66 in a round, I get an ESPN alert about it. That doesn't happen. That's a low number. Like if, if Ricky Fowler goes and throws up a 66 at the PGA, like you're getting ESPN alerts. Fowler, chance for 66 on the last hole, birdie putt for 66. Like, that's low. You got guys with golf stat rankings by their names in that field, and Alex was right there with some of them. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Mike and Isley, I know – tie 50th is not going to be particularly impressive but Micah was absolutely striping on par fives tied Alex for the team high in birdies just got bit by the bogey bug too often during the course of the round but pretty encouraging all the way around for the governors I mean it's still not exactly where I think they want to be but they are getting there they're slowly rounding into shape not to say this doesn't matter, but everything crests in April. You want to be playing your best golf at the OVC Championships. Don't have your best, don't have your best tournament in early March. Have right. it, have it in mid-April. Big final day move up the leaderboard for the women at the Kiowa Island Classic. Uh, one of the biggest, just by sheer field size, there were like 250 women in this tournament, and. We had like, Taylor Dedman finish T22. Uh, Shelby Darnell played really, really well. Riley Cooper rallied back from a fairly disastrous first round. There's something there. There's something there with that group. That team just, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I They'll put it together. I'm not worried about them. Didn't have Megan Stamps this week. Battling injury right now, hoping to get her back soon. That makes a huge difference with that group. They are a bunch of solid golfers, and when it comes time to play for an OVC title, they'll be ready. Yes, they will. Soccer got its season started. What a wild sentence for March. Five, Almost 500 days after the <laughs> yeah. last game. Soccer gets its season started on Tuesday. Govs hosted Tennessee Tech. Low-scoring one nothing affair that went the way of the Golden Eagles. Uh, Peyton Powell between the pipes made a couple of very nice stops. I think before the season, your thought for this team was what the goalie was the biggest question with Mary Parker Powell having started the past three seasons. She's gone. You had Chloe Dion and Peyton Powell. They had a combined zero starts, and they played about 110 minutes together last year. Combined. Combined. Not together. Um, hey, that's one way to. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, the point is, Peyton Powell came in, and she gave up a goal on a set piece corner kick header. 
that's a tough play to defend. It's not always on the goalie on a, one of those corner kick goals. Yeah. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying it's, you can't always pin that it's, directly it's a, on the goalie. It's a it's it's, it's a, a complete, team goal. It's, it's a complete crapshoot. Like right. the ball, who, who the goes ball ricochets. Their, who goes up and gets their head on the ball? Yeah. Tennessee Tech did. The saves that Peyton Powell made, especially one, I believe it was in the second half. She was sitting. It was she was on our left from where we sit it, mm-hmm. and she came out and slid and took a ball away from Cassidy Brady, who's Tennessee Tech's top returning scorer, at the top of the box. I mean, 20 yards away from the goal, just. Love to see the aggression. Love, Love to, to see, see the, the hustle. aggression to go out there and get that ball because you don't want Beretta on a breakaway with a chance to score. And it was a great play. And if she can do – I mean, I, I like the play out of Peyton Powell. The offense will find its stride. Claire I, LaRose is still a good scorer in this league. I think you saw with both offenses, like I think it was telling that Tech only scored off the set piece off the corner because both offenses are Nobody's gonna, played in so long. Yeah, that's the thing is like timing's not right. Those connections aren't right. Like you'd see, you know, even in the midfield, like little. I don't l- think there were any good looks off of non-set pieces at goal. The, Lexi Maslowski took a shot from the top of the box for the Govs, but that was just her finding an open shot. Yeah, Lexi just had shot. the ball and was like, oh, there's get busy here. living, Let's get busy dying. Let's yeah. do this. Uh the offense will come along. Well, the offense will be there, and I'm excited about Peyton and Ned. I think and she's going to do really good. I think going to have a good year in goal, too. I think having two good goalies is a problem the Govs want to have. Wrapping up the look back at the last week, Monday we hosted the Ohio Valley Conference Cross Country Championships for the first time since 2006. Um, there were a few people currently in this room, Carter and Robin, who were there, and it was cold and kind of – Yucky and gross, and I wasn't doing anything but standing and doing what I'm doing right now, talking to a microphone, and I was not happy, and I cannot imagine how all those nice cross-country runners felt when they delayered to their running accoutrement and went sprinting through the mud. I was I wasn't there. I don't know. I don't know. It see, it looked cold outside as I was sitting. It was. In, it was. It was not the. It was, I was not the best sitting, time anybody's I, ever had. I don't think. I was sitting in my office doing basketball notes, getting ready for today's game. Aren't you special? Uh, no, we just had to play a day earlier than you. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, that brought the season to an end for the cross country program. Looking forward to getting indoor started yeah, here. Right, right into track. Are they running indoor? I thought they were going. Right no, 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 no. Yeah, outdoor. Sorry, sorry, right sorry. in outdoor. Outdoor. Going right into outdoor. Can't wait to get that started. Also, can't wait to talk to Jack McDonald of the Austin football team. He is this week's guest, and we're excited to have him. You can hear his words right after this. Look, I just flipped the switch. I don't know nobody else that's doing this Body start to drop, ayy, hit the floor Now they wanna know me since I hit the top, ayy This a rolling, not a stop, watch, don't ever stop This the flow that got the block hot, got super hot, ayy Give me my respect, give me my respect I just took it left like on ambidex I moved through London with the Euros What a week to get Jack McDonald as a guest for the PCAST. Coming off week, so I learned OVC Defensive Player of the Week honors after the home over against Tennessee State. Jack McDonald is the fulcrum of an off-speed defense riding high and dominating its first two league games, thanks in no small part to his work at linebacker. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. So before we talk about what you've been up to lately as a linebacker, I want to ask about your days as a scout team receiver did you really moss 
All-American Cordell Jackson. <laughs> he still talks about that to this day, but uh, I was, I still say I'm probably, I was the smallest division one tight end in, in history. Um, so they moved me to slot receiver for scout team. And there was one day in practice where they were going over like defensive last play of the game scenarios where they throw Hail Marys and Cordell is matched up on me. And we both went up for a ball and somehow I came down with it. And to this day, he still talks about it. And I actually forgot about it until he brought it up. And I, I can't, I don't know how I caught that ball, but I know he does. But every other pass that he's guarding on on scout team when I was on it, he probably intercepted it though. Let's talk about that switch from linebacker to tight end and back again. I mean, now it seems in hindsight fairly silly that we tried an all OVC linebacker out at tight end for a year. But at the time, it seemed like that you were sort of buried on the dub chart. We had some openings at tight end. You played on the offensive side in high school. It made a little bit of sense, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love defense. Um, defense has been my favorite thing to play since high school. Um, and so when they told me like going in, I was going to play as an H back or a tight end. Um, yeah, I was, I was excited for it. I, I liked playing it in high school as well. Um, but when they told me coach Powell actually called me, he was like, Hey, we need you a defense. Uh, and I was so excited for it because I knew like, okay, like this is where I, I belong. This is why I love playing. Um, and so that was just kind of my mindset going into it. Like, Oh, this is what I get to do and have fun with it. That opportunity to move back to that side of the ball. I mean, obviously you've taken it and ran with it extremely well, but was it seamless or after a year away, was there a real adjustment period to getting back to it? Uh, there's a little bit of adjustment period. You know, you go from playing in high school to playing tight end for two years. And so basically you haven't played on the defense side of the ball for almost three years. And so you have to kind of get back in that defensive mindset of, oh, like, I actually have to want to tackle these guys now and the techniques that come along with it and everything like that. And so there was a little bit of adjustment, but uh, for the most part, I felt back at, in my natural state because playing linebacker, like I said, is just where I love to be. Those two years on the offensive side of the ball, did it give you kind of a, a behind the scenes look at what you'd be facing when you move back to defense and give you a better appreciation for what the offense is trying to do and how you can disrupt it? knowing formations and different type of pass and run plays and routes and things like that. Being able to have that knowledge to bring it to the defensive side was a huge advantage for me, I think. When I talk to people about you, the thing that comes up a lot is positivity. People seem to view you as a generally positive person. Uh, how do you maintain that outlook? Because obviously 2020 has been a, and the early parts of 2021 have been a time where positivity has been tested. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has. But, uh, I always, I always try to be that part that stays positive no matter what in every situation. You know, I don't try to be that half glass empty type guy. I want to be the half glass full. Um, and so basically I just, I want to have a part in people's lives where they can count on me to like, kind of like try to build them up or help them, you know, because people are going to, especially like in football, people are going to get down and like, if they make a bad play or something, like I just want to be there to pick them up because I mean, you, you can't always be that type of person to go and just try to correct them and be on them. But I mean, so I just try to view myself as, okay, I have to be positive, stay positive in this, things can get better. Um, and that's just how I view it with my mindset. How does your faith play into that? Where you, I mean, you are a person who 
kind of wears that on your sleeve. It's it's a known thing. Does that does it does it lend you extra respect from the locker room? Uh, I would say in a way, um, but like having that type of faith, like with me, my faith is everything. You know, the joy that I get from it, I think it shows on the football field and in the locker room and things like that, um, because that that's the main aspect of my life and that's what I want it to be known is the main aspect of my life because without that I'm nothing and so the joy and the happiness that I receive from my faith uh, is is everything to me um that's how that's why I always I wake up put a smile on my face because uh I know I know who I am and I know that um no matter what Jesus has got me and that what he did for me is unthinkable and I'm just so thankful for that and um having that type of happiness to it is just it just brings me to that positivity and that's been instilled in you for a long time right you grew up with a, a father who's a pastor yeah my dad's actually a pastor in a church in Nashville um and he's always he's been a role model to me in that aspect um you know everything that if I have questions on you know I I go to him and ask for it and he he always tells me things and like he, he teaches me a lot and uh, I'm more appreciative than he probably ever knows. Tell me a little bit about growing up under Rusty and Jackie and what they, what they instilled in you. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they're awesome parents. Um, they, they are hard on me, but at the same time, they love me. And I know that um, they, they taught me how to become like a good man. Um, and I, I give them all the credit for it because, you know, they taught me how to, how to act towards, towards women, like in the classroom, everything like that. Um, they're the main reason why I act like I do. And, um, but at the same time, you know, we like to have fun. Like my family is a big joke around type family. Uh, we always joking with each other. We love to do things with each other. So I'm a big family person and uh, my parents are a big part of that. Yeah, I've heard your sarcasm can uh, be a, 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 a little, it's an acquired taste. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I always tell the guys like, yeah, I'm, I'm never, uh, I'm, I'm never joking around. But I think if you ask anybody on our team, uh, I'm probably the least serious person on the team, but that's just, that's just how I am. That's how I like to be. And I'm, that's how I am before games. Like people get ready for games differently. I'm one of those guys who walks around the locker room, just jokes around. That's how I get ready. Uh, and Cordell is actually one who knows that he's always just like, just let him do it. But uh, <laughs> that that's part of my sarcasm that plays into it. You also grew up with three sisters, right? Yeah, I did. How did that shape your worldview? <laughs> I mean, every time somebody asks me, like, do you have any brothers or sisters? I'm like, yeah. They're like, you got, uh, you have three sisters, or I have three sisters. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. And things like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, my sisters, they're, they're awesome too. Um, they're still a part of my life today. And uh, they're, they always joke around with me. They give me a hard time, no matter what I do. It's like, oh, like, that's not good. And they just, they try to downplay everything, but I'm, I'm thankful for them. They keep you in your place a little bit. Oh, a hundred percent. In talking to people about you, I've learned that instead of Xbox, PlayStation, you take the rarely seen third route of gaming on the computer. <laughs> yep, that's right. Uh, <laughs> I got into PC gaming probably like 
two years ago. Um, actually, my old RA, who is a really good friend of mine now, um, he started started to get me into that, and uh, I started playing it a little bit on his, and he eventually like walked me through like how to build one and everything like that. And uh, so I built my own PC and then ordered it, and I've been playing it ever since and love it. Um, and so being part of PC is just, I don't know, it's always, it's fun to me. I enjoy it. And I do, there's, I keep my games on there, my schoolwork. So it's all in one. So this isn't like you got a steam account and just went that way. Like you went way beyond built your own machine. Did you, did you get like the gaming chair and everything else? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I got, I got a PC gaming chair. I got two monitors for it. Like I, I'm ready to go. I'm, nowhere near good i would say but i I have fun with it and uh i always play i play with people who have pcs like my old ra you know he he actually like streams on twitch like games and stuff like that and so like watching him play those games and his type of personality is is so funny to watch um and (laughs) i try to do the things that he does sometimes sticking with the game theme i've heard you have been accused of cheating at uno would you care to address that um well so before the game like every every game that we have uh the day before we always do like a game like 30 minutes of games or something like that uh and i usually play uno and coach powell's wife miss powell she she tends to some of the home games comes and plays with us um and i usually win and she doesn't get, she doesn't like that. And so she accuses me of cheating most of the time. Um, there may, she may have found a few cards under the table and things like that, but I don't know where those came from or why she would accuse me. But I think that she's just, she's just jealous of my winning, but she, yeah, well, I always give her a hard time for it because she, she tries to catch me in some of the things I do, but I don't think she ever will. You've referenced Coach Pal a couple of times. You've had an incredible amount of turnover during your brief time at Austin P. I mean, just the sheer amount of coaching staff you've gone through and everything. How do you keep just how is how difficult is it to continually have to try to impress the next group of coaches or whoever's coming in next and just starting with a fresh slate every other year, basically? Yeah, uh, I always try to have a chip on my shoulder. Um, that's that's always my mindset. You know, uh, going through, I mean, technically now this is my third head coach. Um, having that mindset of, okay, like, let's let's prove yourself, Jack. Let's, let's go out there and prove that you belong on this field. And that's always the mindset that I try to bring. Um, because, I mean, it's it's a new, new staff, new uh, game plan, things like that. And so you have to go out there and you have to prove it. I mean, things are not just going to be given to you and I, I want to work for it. I mean, that's, that's always been my mindset. During this last year with everything that's happened with delays, cancellations, quarantine, isolation, everything that has gone on both with football, with classes, with the world, how have you maintained your sanity? Yeah. Um, it's been difficult in some ways, um, you know, having to quarantine, like before, like going back to school and everything like that, it's, it's definitely different, you know, starting out, like when you're doing, 
meetings on zoom i mean it's it's weird at first and you have to adjust to it because technically like right now this is the new normal um and so you know just trying to i mean that's where that positivity comes back and just trying to stay positive through it all you know like no matter what circumstances are thrown at you i mean just try to have fun with it and i mean that's what we're doing you know we we had to adjust to it but for the most part that uh we've adjusted well and that we're still having fun with it Jack, what is your favorite word? Oh, my favorite word. Uh, I would say my favorite word is faith. What is your least favorite word? Least favorite word, losing. Who or what inspires you? Uh, I would say my dad inspires me because the man that he is and uh, what all he's done for me. What is the last book you read for fun? Uh, Tim Tebow, Between My Eyes or Through My Eyes. I've heard Tim Tebow would be the ultimate uh, wedding guest for you. Oh, definitely. If Tim Tebow showed up at my wedding, you know, that, that would be a dream come true. What is your worst habit? Worst habit? Um, probably uh, biting my nails when I get nervous. What app on your phone gets the most use? I would say Twitter. What is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? Most terrifying, what you say? Yes, sir. Um, most terrifying, I found myself. I would say when I was on a mission trip in Uganda, we got pulled over and one of the guards actually comes on our bus with a assault rifle, an AK, and we didn't know what was going on and uh, we were all scared, but it actually, it ended up, he was just walking on and checking things, but we didn't, we had never known what he was going to do or what, what was going on, but that was probably the most terrifying. What is your idea of happiness? Idea of happiness. Um, my idea of happiness is, I mean, when I, when I think of happiness, I picture heaven. Um, you know, I picture a perfect world. I picture you know, a world without sin. What is your idea of misery? Uh, idea of misery, um, you know, I could say the opposite of, I could say hell, um, but I would say never being happy. I would say always being down or there's something that's always wrong. What makes you self-conscious? What makes me self-conscious? Um, I would say, um, You know, when th I would say sometimes when things don't go my way, um, that can make me kind of self-conscious of, oh, like, am I going to keep doing this the wrong way? Or um, and is this just not going to keep going my way? I think that, would, that makes me self-conscious. What is the most embarrassing song you love? The most embarrassing song? <laughs> um, I would say... Um, you see, I'm a big James Arthur fan. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know him, but I, uh, he, he's one of my uh, favorite artists. So I would say most embarrassing, probably any song by him, because if you listen to, to his type of music, I think people would understand. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to your word on that, and then I'm going to check it out. <laughs> okay. How would you prefer to die? 
Ooh, I would prefer to die. Um, I would, I mean, I would say a peaceful death, you know, hopefully if it was in my sleep, you know, just something quick, painless. I think that's what my ideal death would be. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? If I was reincarnated. Um, I would like to, ooh. I think I would like to come back as a plane because then I could uh, see everything and be able to travel to different places. What makes you hopeful? Um, uh, I would say uh, the future actually makes me hopeful. You know, being able to look forward to things, um, being able to try to set up, you know, after I'm done with school and things like that, looking forward to those types of things makes me hopeful. What is our purpose in life? Um, I think the per my per like the thing that I think of is, um, you know, having a relationship with Jesus, um, having that faith. Uh, that's our purpose to try to get to know him better and to uh, show his love to everybody around you. Regardless of who it is, what is one question you'd ask the next guest? Regardless of who it is, uh, I would say, <laughs> um, I see, I'm, I'm terrified of wasp. And so I would say, have you ever been, have you, how many times have you been stung by a wasp? Because I, I, I like to know that because I absolutely hate it and never want a wasp to sting me again. Uh, well, okay, I guess the obvious follow-up there is how many times have you been stung by a wasp? <laughs> I've, been stung, I've been stung a couple times. You know, actually last year versus Tennessee Tech during the game in the first quarter, I got stung in the arm by a wasp. And from then on, I was probably scarred. During the game? During the game, I kid you not. I looked down, there was a wasp on my arm right after the play and stings me. And I went up to Mitch after afterwards. I'm like, Mitch, I think a wasp just stung me. And he's like, well, are you allergic? I'm like, no, I just can't believe that just happened. <laughs> Last week, Chris Campbell asked, what are you doing to make yourself better today? Um, I think what I'm doing, um, I think... Or I think trying to focus on my body and trying to get it, you know, more primed up for the next game, you know, whether that's rest and recovery. I think that's my biggest two things that I try to do better on. You've alluded to the future a couple of times. What are you thinking as far as long-term plans after Austin B? Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully I do get a shot at playing in the NFL at the next level if I'm blessed enough to do so. Um, but I would like to, go into what my dad does, which owns a construction company as well as preaching um, and maybe start a new branch in that type of business or um, just be able to work with him in that. Well, hopefully the NFL will come first. Yeah. Jack thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day. Get the rest, get the relaxation because you know, yet this weekend and then it's a sprint to the end of the year. Got going on, I got yeah, for sure, I appreciate it. it. So rolling, not a stop. Watch, don't ever stop.
This the flow that got the block hot, got super hot. Big thanks to Jack McDonald for coming on, giving us a few minutes out of. I'd say what well, was a busy week for him, but this is actually his quote unquote off week. Yeah, so this is vacation. Yeah, you know, enjoy your time, Jack. We we really appreciate it. Earlier this very evening, right before we began podcasting, the governor's baseball team hosted the University of Tennessee, the 17th ranked University of Tennessee. The home opener for the Govs. The home opener for the Govs at Raymond C. Ham Park. What a home opener it I, was. I'll tell you what. Um, it's kind. Of, I know they. I know they lost to Tennessee, and but I'm kind of sad. I think this is the first home opener at Raymond C. Hand, or excuse me, the Hand as we call it, that I have missed in about six years. Sorry, bud. Sorry, we uh, made you come to work. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm glad I was here. I love covering this basketball team, but uh, kind of missed the Hand. Can't wait to be back there next week. Also missed the uh, debut of the Sean Kelly K Club. Wish I could have been part of that and been in there and seen how. The- that looked. Listen, Sean Kelly's throwing the money around. This is going to be a nice spot. Yes, it is. Uh, but you have another chance this very weekend. Baseball hosting Northwestern State. No, they're not. They're going on the road to Northwestern State. My roommate has a suitcase on the couch when I left today. Uh, they are not going to be at home. But uh, that's a you cannot see the K Club this weekend, but you can see it next weekend. I don't know who we're playing, but we're at home. Well... Don't do this and try to do like 18 other things is the moral of the story. Baseball at Northwestern State. At Northwestern State. There's your point. Uh, the same program that Travis Chance was a coach at from 2001 to 2004. Big See? weekend for the Govs. Need to get need to get a couple wins. Really good. They played four four games against ranked teams now. Tennessee, three at Dallas Baptist. Yes. Uh, big weekend. Got to get back in the win column. At Northwestern get, State. Got to bounce back. Got to start getting them dubs. A team that has not had any trouble getting dubs so far will open up. It's OVC schedule this weekend at Southeast Missouri for the softball program. Also followed by a midweek trip to Tennessee. So a big week for Cassie Stanfield's charges as well. Going to go up to uh, was it Sherry Parker Lee Stadium. Get the softball in up there at Knoxville. Oh, I thought you were rattling off SEMO Stadium. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just no, right no, off no. the top of your head. I was like, wow, I'm very impressed here. <laughs> That's either Tennessee softball field or baseball or softball or soccer field. I will uh, leave that to you, expert of such things. Also, closer to home, volleyball hosting that school up north in a back-to-back Sunday and Monday in the dungeon. This is a big one because Murray's I, always a big volleyball game. It's uh, I mean Mur- Murray is a big, a big game no yeah. matter what sport we yeah, play. Yeah, fill in the sport. Murray's but a big opponent, but it's I think two pretty good volleyball teams the past couple of years, and it's. Done a lot to decide the conference. It, I mean, it's. I think it's, it's going to be the same again this year. I think it's fairly clear, at least after the first visit, that Moorhead State is, at this moment, probably close to the class of the league. But I think you're looking at Moorhead State and JSU, last year's champs, up there at the top. But the Govs and Murray are going to be battling for those three and four spots, maybe even the two spot in that tournament, with only four teams going to the postseason in volleyball. Huge opportunity at home in front of the home faithful because people. Love the turnout we get for volleyball in the dungeon. In Coming COVID off a times, big sweep of EIU last weekend. Yes, very much so. Big weekend for the guys. Brooke Moore and Chloe Stitt. Claire Darlin set a program record for attack percentage on Sunday night, I believe, after the football game. Oh, that's right. She did do she that. Was like 16 for, she had 16 kills on 19 attacks, which is just a wild number. Yeah, you. I mean, that's, that's unheard of. I mean, the program record, so it was unheard of until Sunday, basically. But the the Govs, I, I 
feel like they're starting to kind of round into form a little bit better. I think I think you're breaking spring, in a new libero. They well, I think your springs or your fall slash now spring sports are just so off put by what they are currently being asked to do. Like this is supposed right. to be their training time, and they're, they're supposed to be playing beach volleyball right now. They're supposed to be playing beach. Uh, the soccer team's supposed to be doing like seven v seven and training to get ready for the fall. And it's just, I think it's it's weird for us. It's got to be weird for them too. Speaking of the soccer team, they are at SIU on Friday. Um, I believe SIU is a pretty good team. I don't, traditionally. Traditionally pretty good at soccer. They are back at home next Tuesday against the Jacksonville State team where, do you remember what we did to Jacksonville State at Jacksonville State last season? No, but I want you to tell me now. And Morgan Drawney, game winner in overtime. Do you know what minute she scored that in? 101st. 109th. Close enough. That is the last minute of the game, folks. Morgan Drawney got a free kick from just outside the box. Hit a ripper right over the goalie, back of the net. Govs win in Jacksonville in overtime. Buzzer beater. Basically. That was after a Rachel Bad- Bradbury brace in regulation. Bradbury looked pretty good in that first game. I think she's going to be a stud. I think uh, Rachel just I, – I feel like she has another gear that she rarely goes to, and she occasionally just finds that other gear and just blows by people. Back to host Jayville on Tuesday. Love the Tuesday afternoons games. You know, you get out, you get a little sun, you're out of the office. I love playing when it's not 110 degrees. Also, yes. I'm 56 degrees for soccer was delightful. If you want to talk me into, hey, let's make soccer a spring sport in perpetuity, I'm here for it. It's a little more work in the spring, but it is so much more comfortable. I don't think you people understand how hot our little sweat box for soccer gets. When it's 115 in August, and we have to take water breaks every 30 minutes for the girls to not die. And there is no breeze. There is, it is. We're in a plastic box. It is trapping heat and humidity, and we want to die. But I enjoyed it the other day. And, uh, I, I, had a, I had a very good, I had a very good time. You also got some tennis coming up this week, there, bud. Yeah, tennis. Gonna, the women are going to play their home opener on Friday in Clarksville against Illinois State. Uh, then both squads are going to roll down to Florence, Alabama, to take on the Lions on Saturday. So be sure to visit letsgop.com or the Osby Outdoor Tennis Course. Shout out to our guy Mason Harwell. Read all about the men's team from him. That's right. Shout out Mason Harwell do, getting it done with his internship this spring. Also getting it done, Haley Meyer, as she continues to find any and all community service opportunities for our Austin Peay student athletes. Get in touch with Haley if you want to go do some good in the community. You know what else people can do? Um... You could pack up and drive to Evansville tomorrow to see the men's basketball team play. At 9 o'clock, so you've got time to get here. You do have time to get here, yes. You should do that. But you know what else you can do before you get in the car and drive? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Let's Go P. Or follow us on Facebook with our official account called Austin P. Governors. Shout out to our friend Eric back at home. Our colleague Eric. Our acquaintance. Our frenemy, as you called him the other day. I think that's very accurate. We our friend of me, Eric, with friend he's me. doing a lot of digital media stuff back home. And shout out to our friend Robin. She's here in Evansville with us uh, doing all the digital media stuff on the basketball front. You know who else we're going to give a special shout out to this week who's also here helping us out? Carter Henry. Our friend Carter. Our very good, great friend of the podcast, Carter Henry. Who wants to be on the podcast maybe more than Desperately. anyone. <laughs> if you're a guest on this podcast, Carter, you could, you could like... I don't know. Carter, you would, you would Carter make, should be sending you fruit baskets to be on this podcast. You would, you would make Carter's year. Hey, you know what we didn't do? 
What did we do? We can talk about men's basketball playing EKU tomorrow. Men's basketball's playing EKU tomorrow. Men's basketball's playing EKU tomorrow. 9.30 tip from Evansville, Indiana at the Ford Center. Not loving the 9.30 tips, got to say. It's not the best. It's the best if we win. It will be a nice opportunity to get a little napski in the afternoon. It'll be a, if we win, it'll be a nice, uh, nice 14 hour nerd, note turnaround for me and you. Cause, uh, you think I'm going to hand you my notes? I was, I was offering You're my help. Out right. of your mind. That was me offering my help. They, but I they see, are more precious. I guess me and Carter will just go walk around downtown and eat at the cross-eyed cricket instead of helping you with notes. They are more precious to me than your children would be. All right, then. Uh, oh, let's go p.com for dates, news, and stories. Casey, Cody Bush, and myself doing things over there. You can read all kinds of stuff. Uh, did some things we're quite proud of over the last week. Uh, the The... Requiem for Terry Taylor's career that accompanied his OVC Player of the Year. Bryant's needs historic quarter. Bryant's needs historic quarter. Just lots of stuff over there. Go check that out. If you're not coming to Evansville and you're going to stay at home and watch the Guffs, football, baseball, what are you going to need? You're going to need a ticket to get into the game. How are you going to get those tickets? You're going to get connect with our ticket guru, Johnny Mitchell. If he's come down from his caffeine high. Oh, Johnny. He has all the information you can use to get in the game. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating review on the podcast, five stars, five stars. And if you want to suggest a guest, let us know of a local on-campus event we shout out. Point out the flaws in our every conceivable argument. Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at C underscore Craig19. Shout out JLo's dad. Shout out Steve Willard. Shout out Bud Jenkins. Shout out the Crigs. Love yourself. Love each other. Talk to you next week. Goodbye. I'm glad my family could replace the number 14 at Arby's. <laughs> you were here. Now you're gone. Didn't even get to say so long. Left me here. Now I'm on. You took weeks just like a bird. Now you gone Still I consider and say We did it big, yeah We did it, we did it big, yeah